This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Oliver Kemp. Hello, hope you're doing okay. It's Tuesday, August 10th, and we're being treated to some much nicer weather than yesterday. It almost feels like August. Our top story today, and a large part of a Kent town could become a 20 mile per hour zone to try and stop so-called boy races and prevent crashes. Rhodes bosses have visited Hearn Bay to look at the logistics of reducing the speed limit between Central Parade and Kings Road. It's thought restrictions could be introduced within the next 10 months. Dan Watkins is the local councillor and says it's vital the speed of drivers in the town is reduced. In Hearn Bay we do have an issue. Uh, Other towns in Kent have a similar issue. Um, And, you know, ranges from, as you say, um, uh, sometimes younger drivers, if it was a stereotype, uh, going, you know, not just going a bit over 30, we're talking about 40, 50, 60, we have these speed surveys done, Nicola, on, on some of the main streets in, in Herne Bay last month. That the top speed I noticed was 90 miles per hour. I mean, this is this is so reckless, so dangerous. Um, so that is that is a challenge. But I think it's even beyond those dangerous drivers. There are a lot of people who are going maybe five or ten miles per hour over a 30 mile per hour zone, and even 30 mile per hour does actually feel quite fast if you're walking down the pavement. Um, and you've just got a stream of traffic, cars passing at that speed, that does feel, you know, like a little bit uncomfortable at times. What is it that you're planning to do then? You'd like to see um, a 20 mile per hour zone brought in. Can you describe where that would be and why you think 20 miles an hour would be suitable? At the moment, we just have a couple of streets with 20 mile per hour limits at the moment. Um, and I campaigned on that through the spring, building up to the, the, my election, and I was I was elected, and I absolutely feel, you know, it's important for me to deliver that. We're certainly going to cover the core zone, if you like, will be from the, the eastern boundary would be uh, Canterbury Road, uh, the northern boundary, actually the sea, um, and then that would come down to Western Avenue and Kings Road, um, and on the western side, kind of like the top of C Street. So that makes it kind of like a, like a rectangle. We are also going to do some additional speed surveys to look at, at making it a little bit bigger, quite a lot bigger, uh, down to the south all the way to the railway line. Still following those same boundaries of Canterbury Road and probably C Street. So it will cover thousands of residents who would benefit from slower uh, traffic on their streets. And how would, if it's all given the go-ahead, the 20 mile per hour limit be enforced? Would you have things like speed humps or pinch points? Can you explain how, other than just signage, you would make sure that motorists did stick to that new speed limit? It would have signage at all entry points. And actually, I think self-enforcement will play quite a big role because at the moment, because most roads are 30 mile per hour limits with a couple of 20 mile per hour, everyone's just thinking 30, right? And they might not even spot one sign that says you've now gone into a 20 mile per hour zone. Whereas with everything is 20 and and it being signposted very visibly at at the entrance to that zone, it just becomes the norm, right? You you switch your mentality as a driver. I'm a a driver as well as a pedestrian and cyclist in in Herne Bay. and, And 20 is... The norm and so I think when you do a big zone like this the psychology of it is such that self-enforcement if you call it that drivers um will will kind of naturally um drop drop their their speed 
Um, I also think actually with technology developments in the industry, such as those black boxes, particularly younger drivers sometimes have to put in their cars to share data on how fast they're going with their insurer so they, they stay insured. And the new regulations coming in, the, the ISA regulations next year, which were where new drive, uh, cars will actually be able to stop people from speeding and they can see the signs and see it's now a 20 and not a 30 and it will resist cars from going above 20. Actually, technology has got quite a big role to play here. So it's getting easier for, for 20 mile per hour zones to um, be enforced, even without some of the more dramatic interventions like raised road um, levels, chicanes, and, and all the rest of it, all those hard and very expensive physical measures, um, which which can be brought in, but, but ultimately to do over a zone as large as this in Herne Bay will cost hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I think my view is that it probably isn't worth that much, you know, taxpayers' money, hundreds of thousands of pounds, I say that we could be spending on schools or, or our elderly in, in care homes and, 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 and keeping council tax bills low. I think it's right that we try it with signage and, and, and technology, which is helping us in the first instance. KCC say any change to the limit will require a public consultation first. We've also asked those of you on socials whether or not there should be more 20 mile per hour zones in Kent, with some perhaps unsurprising results. On Twitter, nearly 70% of you said no, you did not want to see more of the low speed zones. Meanwhile, on Facebook, there were more than a couple of strong opinions. Graham Cutris said they don't work, 30s aren't policed, 20s definitely aren't. If the vast majority of people stick to the 30 limit anyway, why should the masses suffer for a couple of idiots? While Louise Dawn McGettigan wrote, We have them already in Tunbridge, but there's nothing to police these speed limits, so people are still doing 30 to 40 miles an hour through the 20 roads. Great idea, but there needs to be cameras up to issue fines to enforce the speed limit. If you want to have your say, head to Kent Online's Facebook page and let us know what you think. Kent Online News. It's emerged a young man who died after going missing on a night out in Rochester was found in a gap between a cliff and a shed. Rory Baldwin's body was discovered in Oliver Twist clothes after he'd last been seen in the Vines area of the town. A post-mortem's found he suffered a blunt chest trauma. A full inquest will take place in October. A teenager's been charged following a sex attack in Ashford. A woman told police it happened in an alleyway in the high street in the early hours nine days ago. An 18-year-old from the town has been remanded in custody after appearing in court. A Kent patient group has issued a warning after anti-vaccination protesters taped razor blades behind conspiracy posters, injuring clinic staff as they tore them down. The West Malling Practice Patient Participation Group says it's the latest in a series of incidents in which staff have been abused. They've also warned that a local man's been offering to pay people to impersonate him at a vaccination clinic, forcing them to put an ID policy in place. A Sheerness man who managed to escape custody after headbutting a police officer has been jailed. It happened when the PC tried to arrest Stephen Mander at his home on Marine Parade in June. The 27-year-old has been locked up for three years. 
The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. Now, thousands of students in Kent will be getting their A-level results today. This time around, the results have been decided by teachers rather than exams. It's because tests couldn't happen during the pandemic, so work that was able to be done has been assessed instead. Mark Tompkins is head of Maidstone Grammar. We are delighted with the results this year. 78% of all grades were A star to B and 48% of grades were either A or A star. So a tremendous set of results and 41 students received um, three grade A's or more across their A levels and five students achieved four um, A star grades. So we are, so we are um, delighted with the results. It represents the hard work from the staff and the students in a very challenging and unprecedented year and I know there are some comments about whether the grades are inflated but these grades reflect the hard work that staff and students have done and reflect a consistent amount of work over the last uh, year and a half. Chris goes to Maidstone Grammar and Juliet has just finished studies at Sutton Valence. The last year has definitely been tough, there's been lots of challenges, but I think results day to day is a credit to how hard our teachers have worked. We've been really lucky with the video calls that they've been doing over lockdown um, and we're just all really grateful to how caring our teachers are. It's been a strange two years being in school and out of school and really difficult to get any work experience or to really sort of plan out the future, but we've got here. Um, so I'm off to take a gap year, working and then hopefully doing some travelling when Covid settles down a bit and reapplying to Oxford this year hopefully, um, either to do English or law. Graeme Jones is an education specialist at Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone. It's come round again, I can't believe we're a year on from the debacle last year with this algorithm. Uh, uh, the government learned their lesson last year trying to base it on an algorithm and had to climb down on that. So they said, well, this year it's going to be down to teacher assessments. And that's what it's been. But schools have been given a bit of individual leeway about how they go about doing that. So some schools have done more tests than others. Some have actually sort of sat exams. Some have done it on work assessment. And so what then has happened is the school has assessed the grade that they think the uh, the student should be getting. Um, there have been work examples sent off to the exam boards, but then the schools have sent in the grades, the exam boards have checked them, and what will happen is students will know whether they have got the grades that they're hoping for. And there's always unfortunately going to be people that don't get the grades they want. I think the first thing to do is don't panic, um, and then look at why you're not well, why you're unhappy. If you've had got a grade that's way off what your school has been predicting you to get. Think about why. A grade that's way off, there may well be an error. And the first thing to do um, is to contact the school um, and see if the school will assess it and see if the school think they've made an error. Now, the difficulty you've got is, of course, is you're saying to the school who's been assessing you all year, I think you've got it wrong. Can you reassess? But but the school that the first stage is that the school can do that. And if the school think they have got it wrong, um, they can then contact the exam board and the exam board can reassess. Now, you've got to do that uh, by the 17th September. And um, there is a priority process for priority appeals, which is a deadline of the 23rd of August. Now, uh, I'm not quite sure how you're going to assess whether you're a prior priority or not, because I mean, a lot of this might be linked around 
I've not got the grades I need for my university place. But if the school won't appeal, you are entitled to lodge appeal and appeal yourself. But again, you have to do that through the school. I mean, the thing that is, especially if, if you're hoping to go on to university, you've got to engage with your university. The first thing to do is, if you've missed it by maybe, maybe one grade, contact the university and see if your place is still open. Because as in previous years, there's always some flexibility on the part of universities in offering places. A lot of that's gonna depend on how oversubscribed they are for individual courses. Um, if that doesn't work and that they can't offer you the place, well, again, you can go through clearing, engage with UCAS and see if you can get a place through that. Um, but I, I think students have to be careful. Yes, schools and exam boards do make mistakes, but sometimes people have to be honest over what their performance has been during the school year. Uh, if you have worked hard and you've been told by your teachers you're working hard and there's an expectation that you'll get a certain level and you fall short, well, maybe, yes, there is good grounds to look at that. But if you haven't worked particularly hard and you've been just hoping you'll scrape through and you haven't, what's the reality of you being successful on an appeal? Probably a lot less. Students who aren't happy with their results will be able to do exams in the autumn instead. And of course, GCSEs are out on Thursday. In other news, plans have been put in for a new secondary school in Thanet. It would be built on the site of the old Royal School for Deaf Children in Margate, which closed in 2015. We're told if all goes ahead, it'll be run by the Howard Academy Trust and open in September 2023. A private school in Medway wants to build accommodation for students which could feature a rooftop garden, gym and a cinema. Rochester Independent College has asked for permission for an 103-bedroom boarding facility in the town's high street. It's going to be discussed by the council in November. Two baby lemurs have been born at a wild animal park in Kent. The boy and girl arrived at Portland Reserve near Hive last month and have been shown off for the first time. The specific breed is one of the world's most endangered primates with an 80% reduction in their population over the last 21 years. They're mostly found on the island of Madagascar. A worker in the Netherlands has been reunited with his lost wedding ring after it was found in a bag of veg at a Tesco in Gillingham. A shopper made the discovery at the store and it was traced back to the man who'd packed the food in the first place. It's been sent back by special delivery and we're told he's overjoyed. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are back in Carabao Cup action later. It follows their opening league game of the season against Lincoln City on Saturday, which finished one all. They'll travel to take on Crawley. Here's manager Steve Evans. Obviously, I can't make 11 changes because I don't the personnel, but we're, we'll probably step in the, the four academy kids and maybe one or two more. I have to protect the, the first team group because it's so small. And um, I know our chairman's working incredibly hard to, to get some income and release some funds for us. So I, I don't have an issue with that. I think I don't want us to be a, ever be a berry. I don't want us ever to be a Bolton Wanderers, but what happened to those two clubs? And I know Bolton's back in a big way this year, but I don't want it to happen. And, um, but we need we need some help, and, and the chairman's aware of that. He knows what we're working with. He's he's a he's a very experienced chairman, longest chairman in the EFL, so serving chairman. So he knows he knows that we've got backs to the wall at times. An ideal world would be go and make six seven changes and compete against one of my former clubs or Crawley. Of course, I've got a lot of personal friends in the town. I've still got family that live in the town. So from that point of view, it's that, that club will always be deep in my heart. Um, but I have to protect Gillingham Football Club for Plymouth. That's that's where we are. So we'll make some changes. I'll probably give the fans a more of an indication on Monday the type of changes, so they can decide whether they want to part with our hair done money and go. We're going to go and try and win, but maybe we we'll have to do it slightly different. 
Kickoff tonight is at 7.30. We'll have details of the result in tomorrow's podcast, but before that you'll be able to hear reaction on our sister radio station, KMFM. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk.